Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. the last message, are we? Yes, of our relationship series. So we've talked through a few things and today we're going to finish up on the church family. And who knows that is such an important relationship that we have with one another as a family, as a church family. I want to read this scripture to you from Ephesians 2. It says, so you are not foreigners or guests but rather you are the children of the city of the Holy Ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. And here Paul was actually talking to the Gentiles saying, I know you're not a Jew, but it no longer longer matters. If you believe in Jesus, if you accept him, if you walk with him, then you you are welcomed into the family and you are grafted in. You are no longer a foreigner, You are no longer a guest, but you are family welcomed in. And I want to speak today about the rights and responsibilities of being a family member that exist in the natural realm, but also exist in the household of God. You know, the first thing it says here, no longer foreigners or guests. And when it says no longer, it means you once were, but you no longer are. You once were young that you no longer are. You know, you once were something, you once were a foreigner, you once were on the outside, you once were excluded because you were Gentile, but no longer. And the difference is Jesus. And the difference is that Jesus has come to save us and to set us free and to graft us in. And because of his sacrifice, because of the price that he has paid, because of the work that he has done, You and I are welcomed into the household of faith. And what an incredible privilege to belong. What an incredible right that you and I now have to no longer be on the outside, to no longer be a foreigner, but to be welcomed in into the household of God. And it's so special and it's so wonderful. And it's all because of Him. We haven't done anything to earn this gift. Jesus has paid the way for us to welcome us in. And the second thing that I want to point out in this passage, it says, with all the rights of family members, you know, you and I have rights because we belong to the household of God. And again, sometimes the world goes a bit crazy. Have you ever heard kids, oh, it's my right, you can't smack me, or I'm going to call the police, it's my right, and whatever. And sometimes we get a bit fun, it's my right to say whatever I like. It's my right to type whatever I like on the internet and post it and to be mean. It's my right. It's my right as a human being. Well, the Bible does talk about rights that we have because we belong to Jesus. And they're not ones that are designed to create an ego boost within us. They're ones that are designed for the betterment of the whole household. And the first one, just before this um, verse 19 in Ephesians 2, in verse 18, it talks about through the Holy Spirit, we have direct access to the Father. And that is one of your rights that you no longer have to go through a, a priest. You know, even when we went to Italy, we walking through these absolutely incredible churches built before, well, built before colonisation of Australia even occurred. And we're looking at these ancient buildings and they are so wonderful. 
but we had commented, commented to each other about how many of the little confessional booths was, still existed within the church. And we made a comment to each other that no longer do we need to go into a booth to confess a sin to a, to a, a man, to a priest, but our high priest Jesus, we have direct access to the Father because of the sacrifice of the cross, that when he died upon that cross, the veil was torn, that the division that separated us from God was no longer. And Jesus gave us direct access to the Father. He gave us the right to approach boldly and with confidence because of what Jesus has done. We don't need to come with our head down, discouraged, wondering what is going to be the response of my father. Have you ever done something wrong? You thought, I was more scared of my mum. I didn't think what was the response of my father. What was the response of my mother going to be? You know, when you're Maltese, you always think, what's the response of your mother? When we were, and I actually haven't told my mum this. I didn't tell her this because I knew she'd, no, no, it's not about my childhood. This is about recent, that she would be fearful. After this goes on from the story about Dan's joy in Sincatera, after one town, he's like, I want to keep walking. And I'm like, I'm not walking. I'm not joking. I knew something had happened to my legs and it wasn't just fatigue. I couldn't walk four days. My calves were so sore and not just like, oh, fatigued, like ripped to shreds, that I couldn't walk downstairs. I had to like crab crawl with my huge suitcase downstairs like this, wobbly as anything, as he kept powering on through Italy with his GPS, so excited about his life. So I said, I'm not going to walk any further. I want to enjoy the towns and just get an orange juice and live my best life by the water. So Dan decided he was going to walk. My sister and Ivy and I decided we're going to catch the train. So we get on the train and there's this man there. And as we did on most trains, we tried to communicate, you know, are we on the right train? We're trying to get to here, whatever. Because the signs were in Italian, we don't speak or read Italian. So we're just trying to get a gauge, are we in the right direction? So there was a man kind of standing in the corner. So I'm just trying to communicate in English. Do you happen to know if we're on the right train? So he muttered something and I couldn't understand him. And at first I thought, oh, maybe he doesn't speak English. And that's okay, that's fine. We are in Italy after all. So, but then he kept muttering something and we knew he's not in the right frame of mind here. But it was kind of a bit like, oh, it's a bit freaky. Anyway, so we just kind of stood and we said, oh, it looks like we're going in the right direction. When we get to the next town, we'll just get off. So we got off at the next town. We decided we'll meet you there. Once you've finished your walk, we'll meet you there. So we get off. And he gets off. And it was like a kind of, the next town was a bit sparse. So again, it was up a massive hill. And so not many people were walking up it, which I understood. But there was like a shuttle bus which could take you up. So we did start to walk and think, we'll kind of see what we can see along the way. So wherever we went, this man followed behind us. And so we're thinking, okay, this is a bit freaky. And so my sister and I are looking at each other like, are you catching what I'm catching, trying not to freak Ivy out. And I'm thinking, okay. So as we turn somewhere, he turns somewhere. And I'm thinking, and I'm so jittery on the inside because I think it all rests with me now. Something happens, I don't have him to protect me or defend me. I'm it for my nine-year-old daughter and for my sister and both of us would have done anything to look after Ivy. 
So we're trying to hatch a plan together, and my sister's trying to take photos just in case we get murdered or something. So the police have got a record on her phone of who's following us. I'm like, what are you doing? Just keep going. So we're trying to hatch a plan, and I'm getting more frightened and more frightened and more frightened. Anyway, so we hatched a plan that we would just get off the kind of isolated track and we would join the, the shuttle line which happened to have lots of people in it. And so we did that and I was thinking about my mum thinking, gosh, if anything happens, my mum would kill us for not looking after Ivy. But the same thing, I had that, that same Maltese fire burning me that if anyone tried to do anything to my child that he would, he would not enjoy living, oh, uh, bite, Irene, that's a bit aggressive, but I would have done anything, Irene, <laughs> anything I tell you. To, oh, it was Irene's birthday this week as well. Happy birthday, Irene. So we're saying we have a freaky connection. Irene and Ivy are born on the same day. It's Ivy's birthday this week too. And Zico and Dan are born on the same day. So I never, <laughs> so I never worried about my dad's response, but that Maltese fire that I needed that day on that trail came from my mum. So I was always worried about my mum's response. She'd be the one who would chase us around the house with a shoe, a wooden spoon, anything. But God is such a, not that mum's not a good mum. She was good. We needed it. We needed it. And, and God, it's, I read this thing this week about how we're kind of getting lured, trapped. I don't know what it is about the love of God, which is so important. But we lose sight that God is holy and God is righteous and God actually does discipline his children. Sometimes we lose sight of that. But the Bible says that we can come confidently and boldly into his presence whenever we need to at all times, for whatever reason, he is there. And that is your right, belonging to the household of God. You have a right to anyone who received him to anyone who believes in his name. He gave them the right to become children of God. And whatever your relationship is with your earthly father, whether you felt that you had the right to approach him boldly and confidently, I pray today that you would have a revelation that if you believe in him, if you have received him, that God has given you the right to approach him, to be in his presence, to come confidently and boldly. The second thing is he gives us a right to belong. In Psalm 68, it says, he sets the lonely into family or the desolate into a homeland. And I, it kind of made me think about those who are refugees, who are removed from their homeland, how their hearts must yearn for home when they become desolate, when they become uh, removed from their home, how our hearts yearn for home. And God has put that same yearning for His house within each of us, the right to belong the right to, to come and call this place home, the right to sit and to put your feet under the table, to enjoy what's served, to enjoy what's being here. And you know, sometimes for whatever reason, our home, our hearts do become isolated and withdrawn. And the last right is that everybody has a right to return to the house of God, whatever their story, for whatever reason they've walked away, for whatever reason they've been pulled away, 
For whatever reason, they thought, this is not for me anymore. We think of the story of the prodigal son, the father who waited desperately for his son to return, for the son who decided this is not for me anymore. There's a better life out there. So we left to discover that the grass actually was not greener on the other side and he yearned to return home. So he comes home and his father is eagerly waiting and his father could have said, no, you said you didn't want it. You've taken your inheritance, now go away. Remind me of Oliver. He loves saying, go away at the moment. Go away, go away. And so he said, you're not allowed to say, go away. So he'll go, oh, no, go away. No, go away. And I said, no, you don't say, go away. And one day he was in trouble because I said, oh, you're not allowed to say, go away. So he tried to redeem himself. So he started touching my hair. Nice, nice hair, nice. So... So now when I say, don't so go away, what do we say? He goes, nice hair. So yeah, we say nice hair. <laughs> but the father could have said, no, go away. And the son could have said, dad, nice hair. And he said, no, go away, irrespective. But he didn't. He sat there eagerly awaiting his son's return. And he embraced him and he welcomed him back. And I want us to be a church that welcomes people back. Whatever reason they leave, it doesn't matter. It's not for us. Our job is to say it's your right to return to the household of God. It's your right to belong, to enjoy to come back into relationship with the Father. And who knows that wherever there are rights, there are also responsibilities. And these are the less fun things, you know, in your own home when you think about people have got responsibilities. They're not always fun. They're not always the most exciting things, but they are what makes your household run and function. And God has also called us to responsibilities, to pick up something to carry something. And what I love about God is that he never calls us to do things that he does not empower us or give us the grace to do. You know, I love this uh, verse in Zechariah. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's a hard one. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And the Holy Spirit empowers us as a household, as a church family, to carry the responsibility of the house. God doesn't say, you know, go on about it. He says, my grace is sufficient. I will fill you with the Holy Spirit and I will empower you to do it. And a massive shout out to the Holy Spirit today. Pentecost Sunday, I always love him. I'm always so appreciative. I'm always so proud to be Pentecostal, not because I believe we're better than any denomination. And I think the church is being unified like never before. And we have so much to learn off each other but I love the Holy Spirit and I am so appreciative of his presence in my life and in my family. I appreciate him that he empowers me. I couldn't stand up here without his presence, without his help, without his inspiration. I couldn't parent or be a teacher or do anything in this Christian life without his empowering. So I wanna say thank you to the Holy Spirit today on Pentecost Sunday because I value him. But we all have parts to play. You know, the first thing I want to say is that we have a responsibility to play our part. And we all have different parts to play. You won't have to, well, for most of you, you won't have to do the preaching and that's okay. For most of you, you won't have to practice the worship songs during the week and that's okay. 
For some of you, like me, I don't drink coffee. I don't want to make it for other people because I don't drink it. So I'm assuming it would be disgusting if I made it for you and you wouldn't be happy. That's not, that's not my job here, but it is somebody's job here. And most of you would say thank you and amen because we need it on a Sunday morning. You know, even in our own physical home, the jobs that we give to a two-year-old are different to the jobs that we give to our 10-year-old. So both of them have a responsibility to put their dishes in the sink, not your slave. We've fed you, you've got a plate, you've got some cutlery, pop it in the kitchen. So Ollie knows that it doesn't matter for me where he puts it in the kitchen, whether it's the sink or the bench, but it has to go in there. So he knows that's his responsibility. And Ivy has the capacity to rinse hers, put it in the dishwasher, even though Dan outed me last week about my dishwashing Jenga skills, I'm happy to not ever have to do it again. So, if, yeah, if you're better at me, then you, you take that one on. Although it is true that when he hangs the clothes on the line four times a year, I do... <laughs> on his birthday. I know, it was a long list he read out last week about me, Ken, though, wasn't it? It was a long list. And I do have to farewell some clothes when I see them, the T-shirts hung out. There's like one pegged here and the other one like, can we not wrap it around the whole clothesline? We have to farewell, farewell some T-shirts when that happens, but that's all right. But everybody has a part to play. Ephesians 4.16 says, from him the whole body, again from him, not through us, because of him and for him, for him, we do it for him. What a privilege to belong to his house. What a joy that we get to come to church and, and do it together. We get to journey on this life together. We don't have to be isolated. We don't have to be left behind. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each does its work. So my assumption is that each doesn't do its own work. It's hard for it to grow and to build itself up in love. I want to encourage you, find a place to serve. If you're only new here, we don't expect you to carry the same responsibility as someone who's been here 15 years. It's the same kind of ratio that we work with our children. But if everybody did something, you wouldn't have to serve every week. The kids' workers wouldn't be tired and after looking after our kids all week. My encouragement is find a place to work. Allow it to be a responsibility. I belong to this family. How can I help? How can I serve? How can I do something as unto the Lord for the betterment of each other? Because we're a family. We do it to cooperate and help one another. You know, my second uh, responsibility, it's our responsibility to be carriers of the anointing. You know, it's not just Dan and my responsibility to come and to try, try and create an atmosphere. A couple of weeks ago, actually, and this is a prayer that we should pray. We should be praying, Holy Spirit, come down. And as I was praying that in worship a few weeks ago, I felt a very soft response from the Holy Spirit, let your praises come up. You know, we're so quick to say, come down, Holy Spirit. But we have a responsibility when we come to the house of God to lift up a praise, that our praise would meet His anointing and that there would be something that falls. You know, when you come to the church, you bring who you are and what you, what you are all week. As we read our word, as we worship, as we come on time to the house of the Lord. 
with a heart that says, I'm here, I'm ready. Lord, I want to worship you. I want to help create an atmosphere so that my family members sitting on this side, whether they're your physical family members or whether they belong to the household of faith just like you, that they could receive something from the presence of God. If we all came on the front foot, then he could have his healing. She could have her breakthrough. We could all help each other facilitate a place where breakthrough could happen, where miracles could happen, where the supernatural could come, where the Holy Spirit could descend and where all of us could receive something. You know, even as we've talked about marriage and friendship, it's about everyone contributing. You know, in a marriage, you need to be a contributor. You need to think about other people more than you think about yourself. And there will be seasons, don't get me wrong, there will be seasons where you are tired, where you are weary, where you are mourning, where you are grieving. And in those seasons, the household of faith should come with an anointing to impart to you, with a prayer to impart to you, with a hug to impart to you. That is our job to care for one another, to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep, to support one another. And a part of that is coming with faith in our hearts, expecting that God would meet us and God would meet each other. The third one is that we have a responsibility to fight for unity. Let me read this scripture to you in Ephesians 4. It's like the Ephesians story today. In light of all this, and this is the, I think this is the message, let me see, yep. In light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk, better yet run, on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. That goes with the first point there about responsibility and doing something. I don't want any of you sitting on your hands. I don't want any of you strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily, pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. You were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. I love this. We're called to travel together on this journey that God has called us at C3 New Hope. We are the C3 New Hope bus, Mount Allen location. We're all called to get on board and travel in the same direction. And not just, oh, I'll sit next to you as my outward expression, but our inward expression should be the same. I'm happy to sit with you. I'll journey with you. I'll walk with you. I'll pour myself out for you because that is what family does. And you know what? I'll be quick at mending fences. The same um, little passage but in the NLT says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. We need to walk together in peace. We need to bear one another's faults, acknowledging that we have faults of our own. We need to be quick at mending fences, at saying sorry, and at accepting apologies, at allowing ourselves to be forgiven and forgiving others, just as we've been forgiven by him. It's those little things, it's the little foxes that destroy the vineyards, the Bible says. It's the little things that pull you back. You know that your 
married to a preacher and a preacher yourself when preaching analogies pop up all the time. And again, when we are away, we saw this massive fairy, 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 that's right. I was like, did I say that? A massive fairy, you'd never believe it. Fairy. <laughs> and it was held back or docked by the smallest rope. And I said to Dan, look at the size of that rope holding back that massive boat. And he said, oh, there's a preaching analogy in that. And I was like, isn't there? There really is. But it was true. It's the tiny things that you think that doesn't matter that hold us back as a whole church. So be quick in forgiving. Be quick to love. Be quick to serve. Be quick to help. When you see a need, be quick to say, oh, I could meet that. When the youth ministry has something on, thank you to those people who turned up on Friday to help, to serve. Amazing. I absolutely love that. And I've loved countless times hearing about people who have been in trouble, people who have needed things, and you guys have done all the supporting, have done all the providing. We haven't done a thing. We've just gotten a message, so-and-so's in trouble. This small, uh, this connect group, and that connect group, and that connect group has, has helped. Join a connect group. Get on board. Not because it's, some, oh, we want to tick you off, you've been to a connect group, so that you can receive and give the support of other people within your church family. You know, I want to finish with this. Um, Matt, I don't, th- oh, sorry, Liv, I don't think, it's okay. Yeah, that's, we're all good. Finish with this passage in Psalm 133. This is what happens when we get along. How wonderful and how beautiful when brothers and sisters get along. And it's true even in your physical family, your natural family. The tension that's created when people are fighting, it's horrible. When when people are getting along, it's like, oh, there's peace within the home. I could do this. It's like costly anointing oil flowing down head and beard, flowing down Aaron's beard, flowing down the collar of his priestly robes. It's like the dew on Mount Hermon flowing down the slopes of Zion. Yes, That's where God commands the blessing and ordains eternal life. When you and I get along, when we bind ourselves together in peace, when we refuse to let the little things separate us. No, I'm not going to be separated from you. Let's work it out. You know, Ivy had a a weird thing happen at school with a friend who she's a very good friend with. It was all, they were out together with the other girl's mum on a play date. And the mum dropped her home and said, oh, can I talk to you? And my heart sank straight away. I thought, oh my goodness, what has happened? So Ivy walked in and she she went into her room and she cried and she cried. I didn't know what was happening by this stage and Dan was sitting with her. And the mum was really good. She's like, the girls have had a small falling out. It was over something really silly, as nine-year-olds do. I've helped them to try and reconcile it. Um, And she was saying, Ivy has apologised a thousand times. My daughter's being stubborn. I'm really sorry. And Ivy's classic, like, she's not going to be my best friend anymore. I said, it's all right. You just need, like, a night apart. You've said sorry. It's all you can do. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. And I had messaged the mum later to say, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry that, that that's happened. Um, sorry that you've had to be there and I wasn't there to assist or to help or whatever. And, and she wrote back this remark that I was just so blessed by. She said, like, that's totally okay. How we work in our own relationship 
relationship together as adults, forgiving each other and moving on, is what we need to model to our children and to our daughters. And I thought, how good is that? That we're not like, it's your daughter's fault, no, it's your daughter's fault, no, it's your daughter's fault, because it can get a bit crazy out there. But saying, we're okay, we'll move on, and we will facilitate an environment where our children will work it out and get along, because that is where the blessing is. That is where the anointing falls. You want the anointing to fall in church? Forgive one another, move on, reconcile this ministry of reconciliation that we've been given to walk in harmony with each other. So let's be the household of faith. Let's be a church that gets along, that serves, that does the practical things. And let's also walk in our rights as children of God to access Him, to encounter Him, to belong. What a joy to belong in the house of God and to be here and to serve. So we're going to move on from this relationship series next week. But pick some points. A lot of things have been said. Pick out a few things that you can do in your marriage, in your friendships, in your church life. There was one more. Parenting. Oh, how could I forget that one? Pick out a few points for that one. Um, I know it can be overwhelming sometimes we're in a series and, you know, there's lots of information and it's quite teachy, less preachy, but that's okay. Pick a couple of things. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, how can you work in my life? What can I do? What can I do to bless? Pray that prayer today. What can I do to... Ruth, I have to tell this story. Can I tell the story about the blanket? Okay, Ruth is just the most... We all know she's most beautiful, and I'm finishing with this story before you all wonder what's happening. And she comes to me last week and she says, does Ivy like the colour pink? And I said, yeah, yeah, she's happy with anything, like, pretty easy. And she said, oh, I've made her something, is it okay if I give it to her? And she said something like that, she's felt the Holy Spirit say the name Ivy, that Ivy should receive this gift. And I said to her, Ruth, do you know that it's Ivy's birthday this week? And her eyes filled instantly with tears as the confirmation came that she'd heard the Holy Spirit correctly. And so she, is it crocheted? Well, I say crocheted this most beautiful blanket for Ivy. And so Dan, she's wrapped it up, it's gorgeous. So Dan brings it home on Wednesday night and it's Ivy's birthday, was Ivy's birthday on Thursday. She's like, oh, what's that? And he's like, I'm gonna share a story with you tomorrow when you open it or mum will or whatever. So she opens this blanket and it's quite cold. So she's sitting with this blanket on. And I said to her, oh, you know, Ruth, Ruth from church made this for you. And I said, as she was making it, she prayed and she asked the Holy Spirit, who should I give this blanket to? And I said to her, do you know what, Ivy? God spoke your name. God thought about you. God knew you would need a blanket. Or he thought you would be blessed by a blanket. And God spoke your name to somebody else in the church. And you could see it just sink within her heart. And I said, sent Ruth a message and spoke to her this morning and said, it was my greatest joy. She got other presents to open, but to speak life over and say, God loves you and spoke your name to somebody else in the church. And we have the same ability to be that for one another. I send a text, God spoke your name to me today. He wants you to know that you were loved. God spoke your name to me today. He said, you love Nando's chicken. I've delivered it to your door. Anything, doesn't matter what it is, but to know that you are loved and thought of is such a gift. Let's be that gift for one another. Dan and I love you very much. Thank you for being a part of the church family. 
We love you and appreciate you. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.